1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Monday, May the 18th, 2020. On today's show, we continue along with our 2020 opponent preview series. Today, we are talking the Missouri Tigers, the Week 3 matchup in Columbia, South Carolina. I'll break down Missouri, including their brand-new head coach, Aliyah Drinkwitz, how they did in 2019, their best returning players on offense and defense. Give my overall outlook for Missouri in 2020, as well as that Week 3 game, with Missouri and the Gamecocks. Much, much more to get into as well, news and notes. We've got some recruiting news to get into, your listener questions. So a packed show, guys. It's all brought to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. SeatGeek, the best ticket-buying app by far, the only ticket-buying app I use, and the only one I'd recommend. Go download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP. You're going to save $20 off your first purchase. Guys, sports are almost back. Live sports are coming back on TV. I know you guys have seen NASCAR, golf, some UFC, before you know it, we're going to be able to go to games, be able to go to events, and you're going to need somewhere to buy your tickets that's reliable, dependable. SeatGeek is that place. They are changing the game in regards to ticket buying. they got a great ticket rating system which rates the tickets for you based on the type of deal you're getting, guys. So never again you have to worry about scalping or worrying about, you know, am I overpaying? Where am I sitting? What am I getting for my money, right? That's all we want to know. What am I getting? Am I getting a good deal? SeatGeek does all that work for you. They're going to make sure you're getting the absolute best bang for your buck. So, again, that's our friends over at SeatGeek. And, again, you can buy tickets to literally anything through SeatGeek. It can be Gamecock sporting events, concerts, comedy club events, professional sporting events. Like I said, guys, You want to make sure you're on top of things once Live Sports comes back. You can already go ahead and buy your football tickets for the fall. I'm optimistic. I think there will be a college football season this fall. But, again, you can buy tickets to anything, and Live Sports is going to be coming back to us sooner than you think. So, again, go download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP, that's S-P-U-R-S-U-P, to save $20 off your first purchase. Let's get it. What's up, guys? Happy Monday. I'm Chris Phillips, host of Spurs Up Show, as always. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. Hope everyone's healthy, safe, feeling good on this Monday afternoon. We got a packed show, very exciting show. We are continuing along, like I said in the intro, with the opponent preview series. but We're talking about the first SEC game of the 2020 season, and that is the Missouri Tigers. A huge game, in my opinion. I'm very excited to break this one down. There's a lot to talk about, and a lot of... Interesting storylines in this game uh, with Mizzou. So, again, hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. I know things are starting to open up across the state of South Carolina, which I am very ecstatic about. I've seen some people at the lake. I've seen some people at the beach. Spoiler, I'm actually going to the beach this weekend, going down to Folly Beach. I'm very, very excited and glad to see things moving in the right direction. Like I said in the intro, hope everybody is staying healthy, staying safe, being smart, obviously, taking care of yourself. But I'm very happy that we're seeing things moving in a positive direction. Uh, before we get into everything, a couple housekeeping items, as always, if you have not done so, guys, those of you that have gone on, have rated the show, given it five stars, whatever, those of you who have already done that, I truly do appreciate it. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I really, really do appreciate those that have taken the time to do so. If you're listening to this podcast and you have not done that, guys, do me the favor, click the pause button right now, whether you're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever whatever outlet, whatever instant you're listening to the Spurs Up show on. Go rate the show. Go leave it five stars. And if you have feedback, give it. Whether it be positive, negative, things you like, things you don't like. Maybe it's things you want to see more of. Let me know. That's a great way to communicate. That's a great way for you guys to have interaction and input. So, again, click that pause button. Leave, leave a review. Leave a five-star review. And, again, commentary is welcome as well. I really, really do appreciate the people that have done that already. It helps boost up the show. Obviously, it helps other people find the show that maybe are unfamiliar with it. So, thank you so much. And, also, if you're listening to this podcast right now, if you're not subscribed, I really don't know what you're doing. We're back to putting out daily shows, daily pods, which I'm extremely excited about. So the show is going to be dropping every single day, Monday through Thursday, and it's going to come back on Fridays as well once content sort of picks up a little bit as we get deeper into the off-season. So again, click the pause button, and smash that subscribe button, also on our YouTube page as well. The podcasts are on YouTube. If you'd rather uh, listen to it that way, you can consume it that way as well. So just make sure you are subscribed to the Spurs Up show so you're getting those daily notifications when the podcast drops. Also, I'm going to mention again our Patreon page. Guys, I know you're familiar with Patreon. It's a page to help creators. People have been asking, hey, Chris, how can we help support the Spurs Up show during the pandemic, during the coronavirus madness? If you want to contribute, obviously do not have to. Go to our Patreon page. You can sign up as a subscriber or contributor or whatever it's called. $2 a month, $5 a month, or $7 a month. Again, it's totally voluntary up to you guys. I don't care if zero people do it, but I wanted to put it out there just to let people know, hey, you have this option just in case you do want to help support because, again, the Spurs Up show is a business. It operates the way a business does. And so, obviously, again, we're all feeling the effects of the coronavirus and stuff like that. But, again, for those who have been asking me, if out of the kindness of your heart you want to do that, Do it. And let me know if you do because I'd love to do something special for those people as well. So, again, it's Patreon. Look up the Spurs up show. You'll find us there. Just wanted to give you guys that option. So, again, appreciate you guys tuning in on this Monday. I'm really pumped for this show. I really am because, again, we've been doing these opponent previews, diving in the offseason content, diving in the football content. But now we're talking SEC games. We finally jump into SEC games, the first SEC game of the 2020 season for South Carolina. And it's week three, the Gamecocks welcoming the Missouri Tigers to Williams-Brice Stadium. Saturday, September the 19th in Columbia, South Carolina. Again, a good old Willie B, South Carolina, Missouri. And to what, in a game, what has turned into a really, really good, you know, low-key good rivalry? You know, I, I, I think rivalry might be too strong a word, but it's a great interdivisional rivalry, I feel like. You take a look at the all-time series record since Mizzou joined the league, it's tied at 5-5. Five and five. Um, you know, the overall series, all-time play. Now, I think there was one year, obviously, in a bowl game in 2000, what, 2005, when South kind of lost to Missouri, but been extremely competitive since Missouri joined the league. 2019, obviously, last year, Missouri beating Carolina up in Como in a game that is honestly really tough to talk about. I know Gamecock fans don't like talking about it. Final score, 34 to 14, what really felt like a beatdown of their place, but a game also that South Carolina just sort of gave away. I mean, there was the crazy fluke play with the Ryan Holinsky's trying to bat down the pass, and it's a backward pass, and it's a fumble. And then, obviously, his terrible pick six on the goal line. Obviously, Halinski again, getting his feet wet, if you will, um, you know, as far as taking over the reins of the starting quarterback job. So, Missouri getting the better of South Carolina last year, 34-14. to 14. Before that, I think the Gamecocks have won three straight games in the series. So, you know South Carolina at home is going to be looking for revenge. Uh, 2019 Missouri went six and six overall three and five in the conference an interesting year though for Mizzou because if you guys remember they were not eligible for a bowl last year because of NCAA sanctions and stuff like that so just kind of a weird year in Como for sure Um, let's dive into breaking down Mizzou a little more in detail let's start with arguably probably the biggest off-season story for Missouri And that is their brand new head coach, Elia Drinkwitz. Elia Drinkwitz coming in his first season as the head man. And you're thinking to yourself, why is that name so familiar? Well, guess what? Elia Drinkwitz was the head coach of the Appalachian State team that beat South Carolina last season. Um, So definitely a very interesting tidbit, an interesting storyline as we go into that game this year. Um, Definitely did well at that level. He's the 33rd head football coach at the University of Missouri. Uh, Let's see. App State was ranked 20th in the country, 12-1-1 record overall. Um, Offensive kind of mind, if you will. 8-0 bowl game record in 10 seasons at FBS. I mean, yeah, he's a proven guy. You know, again, not at this level necessarily, but did it at Appalachian State. How will he translate over? I know some people have given given Missouri some grief, especially for what they paid him. Um, I thought it was an interesting move. I mean, listen, Missouri was very bold in their hiring process in the sense that dude, they fired Barry Odom who was one of their own, a guy who played at Missouri was an alum there and they canned him for a lie So, you know, a, a very interesting move for sure. Again, I know a lot of people are skeptical of it. I know a lot of people made fun of Drinkwood's when he put out that video of how excited he was when they got that three-star, you know, signee or whatever on, on, uh, on signing day. And it, it was kind of a, a weird video to be honest with you, but No, man, I mean, Drinkwitz is a proven winner at the FBS level now. It's can he translate it over at the FCS level, excuse me, or no, at the FBS because App State's obviously FBS now. He's a proven winner at that Sunbelt level. Can he carry that over into the SEC, his first season? Going to be very, very interesting and definitely one of the top storylines, top things that we're talking about as we go into this game as well. When you take a look at the 2019 slate and how Missouri did a year ago, like I said, I talked a little bit about it. Six and six overall for Mizzou. Three and five in conference. But you take a look back. It's kind of crazy. You take a look back at Missouri's season. I mean, they started out the year. I mean, this was a team that a lot of people were saying could be a SEC East dark horse because of the way the schedule set up. Um, All they do is come out of the gate and lose at Wyoming 37-31. That was one of the big upsets in college football a year ago. But after that, they beat West Virginia 38-7, uh, beat Southeast Missouri State, they beat South Carolina, they beat Troy, they beat Ole Miss. Now they're sitting at 5-1 and one all of a sudden in the thick of things. You're thinking to yourself, my God, they finished 6-6, six and six. things must have fell apart. They certainly did. They lost their next five games in a row, at, which included losses at Vandy, at Kentucky, at Georgia, Florida at home. Tennessee at home, and some close loss. I mean, again, you lose to Vandy. Lost 21-14 to Vandy. 29-7 in Kentucky, blowout. Uh, the other close game was 24-20 against Tennessee, and they finally closed out the season with a win over really just a hapless Arkansas team. 24-14 to was the final to snap the five-game losing streak. But, again, it was really just a tale of two halves for a Missouri team that started out really, really hot. But you also, again, have to question what was the motivation they were playing with, because – you know, Missouri could not go to a bowl game. they obviously didn't go to a bowl game go to a bowl game even though they won six games. So how much did that factor in? Um, but I, I would definitely say for the people in Coma, I mean there's a reason Barry Odom was fired. I mean definitely did not meet expectations a season ago with the guys they had you know getting Kelly Bryan in as a transfer. Uh, they had some really capable guys on the defensive side as well um, but just could not put it together could not put it together that second half of the season and again. Any season where you lose to both Kentucky and Vandy cannot be considered a success for any SEC program, basically. Uh, Let's write down the best returning players on offense and defense for Missouri. And we'll start offensively. So, Missouri's in a very interesting position in the sense that, you know, you lose Kelly Bryant, you lose some weapons on the outside. They actually have a decent amount of starters coming back. The biggest thing, one of the biggest things for them offensively, they lose three NFL guys on the offensive line. But you deep dive and you take a look at Missouri. There's a lot of unknowns, but there's not a lack of talent. They're going to be depending, sort of like last year, on a lot of transfer guys to make an impact. We're talking quarterback Sean Robinson, a transfer from TCU. We're talking about a wide receiver, Damon Hazelton, a senior transfer, a grad transfer from Virginia Tech. And that's who I'm going to go with. You could also talk about Larry Roundtree, the senior running back, who I think is a really good running back, and Tyler Beatty, the other running back they use is a junior. I think both guys are really, really good in the backfield for them. But I know he hasn't played at the SEC level yet. But Damon Hazelton, the wide receiver, 6'3", 215, is probably, for me, going to be their best offensive player. And I'm going to call him a returner. Um, I'm going to call him a returner. He's a grad transfer. But I'm going to call him a returner and just say he is their best offensive player. Um, you take a look at his numbers. He started out at Ball State, then went to Virginia Tech, Two seasons with Virginia Tech, 82 catches, 1,329 yards, 16 touchdowns. Big guy. He's fast. He's experienced. And he might be that number one threat that this Missouri offense so desperately needs. I also think the quarterback transfer. Then There's there's obviously going to be a quarterback battle in Como as well. But Sean Robinson, the junior from TCU, you watch his tape, you watch his film while he's at TCU. And, again, it it is TCU. Not the same level of competition as in the SEC for sure. But – This guy can scoot. This guy can play. Like, he's one of those quarterbacks. He looks like he's probably going to be pretty erratic at times. Like, not the best passer in the world, but he's going to give you fits because on third and seven, he's going to go get nine yards and get a first down. Dude is extremely agile, extremely quick, and we know the problems that South Carolina has had against dual-threat quarterbacks and mobile quarterbacks. And I'll be very interested to see what their game plan is, assuming that he is the starter – how much do they ask him to do as far as passing the football and how much do they run the option and, you know, let the quarterback take off himself? But I think Damon Hazleton, it's going to start with him, the big wide receiver, the big-bodied guy. You know, you've got to make things easy on whoever's playing behind center because, again, you're replacing Kelly Bryant. They're going to count on Damon Hazleton, again, a guy with a lot of experience. He's a grad transfer. They're going to count on him to be that guy for the offense. Uh, The best returning player on defense. Now this one is an easy, this is a no brainer. This is no question. Linebacker Nick Bolton, the junior. Um, Now this guy is a returner, 107 tackles last year. 107, six foot 230 linebacker, had a solid freshman year and then blew up as a sophomore. Absolutely blew up as a sophomore. 107 tackles, seven and a half tackles for loss. Eight broken-up passes, had two interceptions. He took one back to the house against West Virginia. No questions asked. A guy that makes plays, plays beyond his years, I feel like. Plays beyond his years and just makes plays for this Missouri defense. Um, so, no question. I don't think there's even much more that needs to be said. I, the, the The defense is definitely, in my opinion, going to be the question mark for Missouri. And as we dive into the overall outlook, we can go ahead and talk about it. The defense is going to be the question. I think Drinkwitz has enough weapons because, again, him being an offensive guy, I think he has enough weapons. One of the interesting things about this as well is – and I forget the guy's name. Let's see if I can pull it up here. Who Drinkwitz is bringing in to work with him? Who Drinkwitz is bringing – so here you go. Curtis Looper, former TCU co-offensive coordinator. So I wonder if they did that because they know they're going to want to play Sean Robinson, who was at TCU. So it, it's pointing – all signs are pointing to me that Sean Robinson will be the guy. So I, I'm, basically the point is I think Drinkwitz offensively will be, will be able to get this team going. Defensively is where you definitely have some questions. I will say the offensive line is where they're going to have questions as well. Um, but Missouri was bad defensively. There was no pass rush. They were last in the SEC in sacks. Um, pretty solid against the run secondary was okay um but that number when you're last in the sec and sacks that that's that's no good that's no good i will say this 13 of their top 16 tacklers are back so they got a lot of guys back a lot of experience there but they need those guys to step up and play better but i mean really the question mark with this season again Drinkwitz? how does he implement his scheme his uh his culture if you will but who's going to replace Kelly Bryant? Because, again, Kelly Bryant was not an all-American caliber player, but definitely a solid option. A guy who had all that success at Clemson and then came into Missouri and had some success of his own there as well. Um, you take a look at their 2020 schedule. The most maddening thing about Missouri, the most maddening thing, their schedule, their out-of-conference is always such a joke. I'm glad that at least now – they're not bunching – because what they used to do, they used to bunch up those four non-conference games to start the year. So, it's like every year Mizzou's starting 4-0, and and it's like, are they that good or are they playing nobody for four straight weeks? So, this year's a little different. They have Central Arkansas at home. That'll be a blowout. Vandy at home, you know, they'll be looking for revenge in that game. Uh, and then the, the week three matchup in Columbia against the Gamecocks. Then it goes East, Eastern Michigan at Tennessee at BYU, which is a very interesting non-conference game in Provo. Georgia at home, Kentucky at home, at Mississippi State, at Florida. Louisiana, or Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns as you guys know them, at home, and then Arkansas in Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Taking a look at that schedule, I think Missouri is probably a 6-6 six and six team. 5-7 um, and seven or 6-7. and seven. I think they're a team that's going to be fighting for a bowl game. You know, I think Missouri, I'm a little nervous. They might be a little bit better than people are giving them credit for or that people want to give them credit for, but I don't think they're going to be a great team. I think they will struggle. Um, you know, at times I think they certainly will struggle. You know, you have to go on the road to Tennessee, which is very improved. You know, Georgia is going to be an extremely tough game. Even Kentucky at home will be a tough game. At Mississippi State's never easy. At Florida is almost a guaranteed loss. So, you know, can Missouri navigate and can they win those 50-50 type of games? And I certainly look at the South Carolina game as I know Missouri fans are looking at it that way. That's at least a 50-50 game for them. You know, their success this year for Missouri is going to depend on how the transfers pan out, simply put. Defense should be should be solid. Like I said, need to play better. Along the line, but 13 of your top 16 tacklers are back on a defense that was solid enough, bend but don't break type deal. But how do the transfers pan out on the offensive side? That's really going to be – and can Drinkwitz get the most out of them? That's going to be the biggest question for for Missouri this season. But looking at it from the South Carolina perspective, because, right, that's what we all care about, right, the overall outlook in regards to the way the Gamecocks should be viewing this game or just looking at this overall matchup. You know, I put a – I posed a question on social media Sunday afternoon to basically fill in the blank, which game is the most important of the 2020 season? The most important game is blank, right? And obviously, of course, there's – the answers range all across the board. But for me, when I take a look at this game, and it's a big game for both schools, I think. It's a really, really big game for both schools. You know, Missouri obviously wants to get the with era – off to a good start. You know, they're eligible for a bowl game now this year. So I'm sure that's going to be their goal, that the mark they want to hit in his first year is getting to a bowl game. And that that South Carolina game, again, is one of those 50-50 games they're probably going to need to win to get to six wins. But to me, I honestly think this is the most – in my opinion, I think it's arguably the most important game of the season for South Carolina. I really do. I think it's the most important game on the schedule, and I want to tell you why. South Carolina, it's no secret the Gamecocks need to start fast in 2020 because the back end of the schedule is absolutely brutal, right? So I'll I'll put it to you guys this way. The next game, you're on the road at Kentucky. Let's say you start 3-0. Let's say you beat Mizzou and you lose at Kentucky. That would be a tough loss. That loss would really sting. But I think if you start three and one with a tough road loss to Kentucky, you can still have a good season, right? Because listen, there's a chance Kentucky's favored in that game either way, or it's a pick em. And South Carolina has never played well in Lexington for whatever reason. That's going to be a very tough game. And we're going to break that game down more and dive into Kentucky on Wednesday's show. But that's going to be a difficult game. No questions about it. However, on the flip side, I think the first three games are absolutely must-win, but I think this one, again, is the most important of the season because I don't think you can have a good season if you do not beat Missouri. Again, is Missouri maybe a little bit better than people want to give them credit for? Maybe. Again, it depends on how these, these, these transfers pan out. But you lost to them by nearly three touchdowns last year. You're, this is a program you feel like as South County, you're ahead of Missouri, right? Most Gamecock fans, you ask them, yes, we're, we're a better program than Mizzou. And I'm not arguing that. But you lost to them last year. You're 5-5 five and five overall in the all-time series. You can't lose to them week three at home. You just can't. You can't. And I think that it's going to tell you you're going to be in for a long year if you lose that Missouri game. Because again, that Kentucky game is not going to be an easy game. Even if South Carolina wins, it's not going to be an easy game. I just really feel like this Missouri game is going to be the one that sets the tone for the entire season. I really do. I think it'll set the tone. Because, again, you should beat Coastal and you should beat ECU. As much shit as I talk about, you know, with the ECU game, and you know, if you lose one of those two, we have a much bigger issue. But so let's just assume you win those first two. You should. Assume you win those first two. That Missouri game, again, is really going to set the tone for the rest of this season. It just is. Your first SEC game, and it's a home game. And for South Carolina, if you're going to make a bowl game, it's one of those games you simply cannot lose. You cannot lose. It's a, it's a game that on paper you should win. You should You have less question marks than Missouri does right now. In my opinion, even with the uncertainty or the um, the the coaching hot seat, coaching carousel type feel that's in Columbia right now with Will Muschamp, you still have less question marks. You know, there, there's plenty of motivating factors for South Carolina in this game. There's no reason not to show up and play. I mean, I'm not saying they, that they won't, but I think again, this is arguably the biggest game of the season because it's going to set the tone for the rest of the year. Again, if you start three and one. And your loss is at Kentucky, as much as that will sting, you know what? On the road, you've never played well in Lexington. Kentucky's over under win total seven. They must, they're going to have a decent team this year. I think that won't be much easier to, to, because if you're, if you're bad enough to lose to Mizzou in week three, you're probably going to lose to Kentucky, anyways. That's kind of the way I look at it. So, you gotta win this Missouri game. It's gonna set the tone for the entire year. Like I said, if you start out three and one but you lost on the road to Kentucky, I think you can still have a good year. I don't think the season's lost or anything like that. I think you can still come out of the gate four and two, which would set you up. If you beat Vandy and beat Wafford, boom, you hit that six number and you're in a bowl game. Hell, maybe you can steal one down the down the road and get to seven. Never know. But if you lose to Missouri and you're two and one out of the gate and you've got that Kentucky matchup looming the next weekend and then you know you're going to Florida and you got Tennessee it starts to look ugly it starts to look it looks starts to look a lot more like a 3 and 3 start or worse which which I mean just will not cut it which will which will be on the path to another 4 and 8 or a 5 and 7 type season so in my opinion again I I'd love to argue that point with you guys if you want to respond to the you know to the podcast or on social media well obviously again I threw it up on social media but I think Missouri is arguably the biggest game of the season. I do. I do. Because I think it's going to set the tone for the entire year for South Carolina. Just a game you have to have, period. So, should be a good time. Again, these games with South Carolina Mizzou, outside of last year, they seem to always be down to the wire close games. So, I'm really excited about this game. Again, on paper, you should win. It's a game that you should win. And you need to win. I I would say you have to win. Will they get the job done? We'll see. There'll be a lot on the line, so I'm very, very excited about that. And what a way to get SEC play going then with a game that, like I said, has always had a flair for the dramatics. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, all right, let's get into some news and notes really quickly. Just one thing some recruiting news Gamecocks make top six for four star wide receiver Keon Coleman. Keon Coleman, a four star wide receiver, like I just said, Louisiana native. He's actually the 17th ranked wide receiver in the entire country. So. Gamecocks continue to try to work on the recruiting trail. Like I said, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about the 2021 recruiting class. I have not hidden that from anyone. Um, you take a look at his other offers, Michigan or his top six, Michigan State, Florida State, Carolina, Mississippi State, Kansas, and Oklahoma. So, you know, as a Gamecock fan, I think you should feel pretty decent. Like, you should have a fair chance in that. I mean, you know, going up against FSU and Oklahoma – will probably be tough. Those two programs have tradition. And, you know, Oklahoma's obviously got a ton of success right now. But I think you ought to feel good about that. But, yeah, that'd be a huge one to get, obviously, a blue chipper, out-of-state guy from Louisiana for sure. Um, All right, just a couple of listener questions. I kind of got the listener question link up late, so I do apologize. Uh, So not quite as many. If you were unable to get your question in, I will throw up another post. Or if you put it in late, I will take your question uh, on Wednesday. So, Apologies there. We do have a couple of questions. We'll start. Jordan Portillo, 93. Who is Mizzou's biggest threat or, quote, player this year? And I'm assuming you're talking offensively. Like I said, I think it's probably Damon Hazleton. But I will say, a guy I did not really talk about. Do not sleep on the pair of running backs that Mizzou has. Larry Roundtree, the senior, very, very good. Tyler Beatty, very good. Missouri has always seemed like they've had a stable of running backs. They've always got a couple of guys like – like Waterbug-style runners, man, that can just hit a hole and beat you. I mean, I don't know what it is. Roundtree has had success against Carolina, too. So, don't sleep on those running backs. And I think that Mizzou offense with Drinkwitz, if Sean Robinson pans out with his agility and his speed, his athleticism, they could be kind of dangerous. They could be – at least here's the thing. They could be a headache. They could be a very much a headache for defenses because of all the athleticism in the backfield. And then you throw a guy like Damon hazelton on the outside, It can make it tough. It can make it very, very tough for defenses. Um, Last question, and here's an interesting – here's a very interesting – not even a question, it's a statement, but very interesting here. K underscore hopped 12. That's a game that if Bentley plays in, we win. And obviously, you're talking about last year, if Jake Bentley plays in that game at Missouri, South Carolina gets the W. I mean, that's definitely a good, fun debate. Um, I, I don't know. It's – you know, I know Ryan – excuse me. I know Ryan didn't have his best game. Obviously, I mean, he, he that was probably one of his worst games. Did not play well. Played he had, that, he had that freshman game. I remember going in that game last year thinking to myself, Ryan's just sort of due for one of those freshman games. You know what I mean? He's just due for it. Every freshman has him. It's no indictment on him. It's just – that freshman game sort of happens. And he's, he certainly had it. I mean, through a terrible pick six. You know, he had that freak play where he batted the ball down. But um, it's tough to say. I mean, it's all hypothetical. You have to think that if South Carolina has Jake Bentley 100%, they have a better chance to win. No doubt. They certainly have a better chance. But it's Jake Bentley, man. I can't say for certain that Jake Bentley would have played I'm not – all right, would Jake Bentley have been 20 points better than what Ryan Holinsky was? And, again I, again, I know that Ryan Linsky basically gave gave him 14. But, uh, I mean, Jake Bentley was good for a boneheaded player, player too during his tenure. So, I mean, it's tough to say with certainty. But I think the game probably would have been closer. You're probably right. So – Um, Again, yeah, appreciate the questions, guys. Appreciate y'all tuning in as well. I'm having a lot of fun with this. Again, we're back into the football content, back into the daily shows, except for Friday. I'm giving you guys Friday off, being able to just kind of enjoy the weekend, whatever. So, again, really do appreciate everyone tuning in. That is the wrap on the Missouri Tigers. We'll have our interview tomorrow on Wednesday. We will break down the Kentucky Wildcats, which will be a very fun show because, again, that South Carolina-Kentucky game, another pivotal game for South Carolina. It feels like they're all a pivotal game at this point. Um, And then Thursday we'll have an interview, and then we'll go into our weekends. like I said, guys, appreciate you guys tuning in. Episode 245 in the books. Take care. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Talk to you guys tomorrow.